0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I say this calls for action, and now, nip it in the bud. What I do is uh, I look a woman up and down, and I say, hey, how you doing? (laughs) And I hope you're doing well, everybody. Jim McCarron's here on the number one podcast network for professionals. This is The Good, The Bad, and the TV. And the year is 1992. It's a hell of a busy year this year, too. From Hurricane Andrew pummeling Florida, to Bush 41 and Yeltsin formally declaring the end of the Cold War, to the Freddie Mercury AIDS fundraiser tribute at Wembley Arena, to the indictment of former Secretary of Defense Casper Weinberger for his role in covering up Iran-Contra, to the launch of the Cartoon Network. Bill Clinton is, of course, elected in 1992, defeating George Bush, the elder, and Ross Perot, remember him, ending 12 years of Republican rule. This year's biggest headlines are connected to the year's most incendiary news, though, literally, the L.A. riots, which break out in Los Angeles following the acquittal of four police officers in the criminal trial that follows their documented beating of motorist Rodney King a year ago. Fire and fury are sparked within hours of the verdicts. They last for the better part of six days and lead to 63 deaths and more than a billion dollars in property damage. And they consume news coverage around the world, yielding a huge front-page headline in an Australian newspaper for one that screams American anarchy above the fold. That's how I myself find out about what's happening back in my L.A. neighborhood, having left for a long-planned trip to Sydney right before it all begins. The paper dropped outside my hotel room door with a heavy thud made all the heavier by what's in it. A cultural force no less than Bill Cosby, the reigning king of all that is TV, is called upon to quell the unrest three days in on April 30th. As it happens, the highly publicized final episode of his top-rated sitcom The Cosby Show is scheduled to air this night and knowing the eyes of the nation will be on the NBC Prize, America's Top Dad, 26 years before becoming inmate NN7687 at the State Correctional Facility Phoenix outside Philadelphia, records a brief message to run at the top of the show, calling for L.A. residents to simmer down. Elsewhere on TV in 1992, and also on NBC in fact, the always well-balanced Sinead O'Connor is the guest musical artist on Saturday Night Live, and opts to conclude an impressive a cappella performance of Bob Marley's war by holding up a photo of John Paul II, the Pope, ripping it in half, looking into the camera, and saying, fight the real enemy. It doesn't go over well. In 1992, it's TV producer Stephen Bochco, who rips ABC a new one, in a Los Angeles Times interview about how disappointed he is with the network and with his industry's powers that be in general, for refusing to see what he does which is that board viewers, or what he calls board viewers, are being lured to cable TV with the promise of edgy adult programming. The traditional networks of CBS, Fox, NBC, and current employer ABC, Bochco says, need to start offering this kind of R-rated fare, language, violence, sex, nudity, to keep people in the tent. TV needs to grow up in order to keep up. Specifically, he's irked at ABC where he has a production deal over its continued rejection of his proposal for one of these said R-rated series. It doesn't go over well either. Nor does the piece in which he weighs in again later this year. In the LA Times, summed up by the headline, Stephen Bochco, How I'd Fix TV. Critics call it the height of arrogance. But Stephen Bochco is on a tear. At present, the producer does have a long-term deal at ABC. He signs here after a previous long-term deal at NBC, which yields award-winning TV game changers, Hill Street Blues, and L.A. Law, as well as, it should be noted, the much less successful baseball drama, badly titled Bay City Blues. Why it should be noted? Because it just seems important to point out that as winning as Bochco is, he knows failure too, that some of his ideas do not in fact work, that despite their thinking otherwise, some Hollywood types are mortal. Like us, they're imperfect. The track record at NBC is good, but imperfect. Thus far at ABC, the track record is similar. Bochco launches the hit show Doogie Hauser MD, and the short-lived but critically acclaimed police comedy Hooperman, starring John Ritter, each a respected, if not admired example of the new TV form being called the half-hour dramedy. But that mortal thing again he also gives the network the ratings-challenged legal show Civil Wars, the 13 episodes and Gone animated series Capital Critters, and the spectacular and ridiculed police procedural called Cop Rock, the one where cops and juries and criminals sing a musical. Because, well, you know. So again, imperfect. Anyhow, however the irk. goes on-the-record thoughts and views and complaints about TV's failings do get lots of attention. The man's a behemoth, after all. And they do send up necessary flares in the industry, signaling perhaps it's time for those in the ranks to start thinking outside an increasingly tattered box. It's 1992, a time of rapidly expanding programming options and different kinds of shows tackling all manner of never-tackled material. Seinfeld's doing sitcom episodes of Masturbation for Moaning Out Loud. The result is that for the very next development season, ABC commissions a new and edgy adult show from Stephen Bochco. ABC takes Bochco's fight to the audience. Created by Bochco and David Milch, the new show finds Stephen Bochco back in his ensemble cop show comfort zone. As forewarned, it's gritty, it's intense, it's realer than anything he's done to date it's definitely adults only and it's very very good it's called NYPD blue 3 minutes and 30 seconds into its first episode NYPD blue announces itself as a game changer the game changer that Bochco has been hoping for and lobbying about it blows the doors off present day TV standards and practices and then the hinges the scene A snarly male detective has just been humiliated on the witness stand by a sly defense attorney representing a clearly guilty client, the case against whom is consequently dismissed. Angry at his collar being tossed, the detective catches up with the female D.A. outside the court who lost the case. Andy, Hey, Miss District Attorney, you really prosecuted the crap out of that one. I went with the crap I had, detective. Oh, you think that was a hummer bust, huh? You saying I queered that guy's tire? I'd say race ipsa if I thought you knew what it meant. Hey, ipsa this, you pissy little bitch. The this of which he speaks his ipso? Well, that'd be the handful of crotch he grabs and hangs on to on full display. Right there in American living rooms on an otherwise eventful Tuesday night as he calls her what he calls her. And this is the new show's heroic lead. One line spoken, another redrawn. Picked up as a series for the 1993-94 season, NYPD Blue, set in the detective squad of the fictional 15th Precinct in New York City, premieres on ABC on September 21st, 1993. A parenthetical note. Dozens of ABC stations refused to carry it due to its provocative content and language. Flames of controversy first ignited and then fanned all summer long, leading up to the premiere by Bochco. It significantly ups the ante of law enforcement verite that Bochco introduces 13 years ago with Hill Street Blues. In words and imagery, in looks and feel, flawed heroes, overlapping storylines, dark material, darker rooms, Dizzying handheld camera work, jarring edits, an urgent near assaultive musical score, an in-your-face title sequence. Everything about the show is in your face. Starting with the bulldog face of Detective Andy Sipowicz himself, he of the aforegrabbed crutch, played by Dennis Franz. He and partner John Kelly, played by redhead David Caruso, anchor the series and the squad room where professional and personal lives intertwine. Trivia alert. The show is designed primarily as a Caruso showcase, with Franz a lesser of two equals co-star. But when Caruso pulls a fire faucet and leaves the series after a single year, the squad room ensemble itself ascends to star status, with Franz at its core. Oh, trivia alert number two. Both Caruso and Franz have roles on Bochco's earlier show, Hill Street Blues though not at the same time. A crime is a crime is a crime on TV cop shows which have been around as long as TV itself, but it's the reality of how each is depicted, of their consequences, of the cops investigating them, and of the minutiae involved when punishing connected to them is meted out, of the emotional ordeal all around that can be daily law enforcement in a huge crime-riddled city that sets NYPD Blue apart as does the intimate, sometimes graphic depiction of their complicated personal lives. Yep, actual nudity in first episode sex scene, for sure, from both the guy and the girl. The resignation holstered each morning, the personal demons that can affect if not impede duties, the frustration of relationships in both worlds. These carefully woven singular threads form the fabric of NYPD blue, its burlap. From night one of the first episode, everybody loves and watches NYPD Blue, sensing the epoch it represents. It becomes not just ABC's hottest new show of the season, it's also the highest rated new drama on any network. And at the end of the inaugural season, The Thing is nominated for a mind-boggling 27 Emmy Awards, the most ever for a drama series in its first season. It hogs four of the five slots for Best Directing, and all five for Best Writing. No fewer than nine of its actors are nominated. Nine. The pilot's called open crotch grab and the nude scene finale, well, they get it attention and tune in, but it's the execution of NYPD Blue that gets it respect. It's not our father's cop show for sure, but not because of the language, because of the words. It's what's in the package that has come to matter, not Simple Witch's package itself. History plays on as the series does, NYPD Blue lasts 12 seasons on ABC, gracefully incorporating both cast affections and character deaths along the way. It continues to challenge perceptions of what TV storytelling can look and sound like. Future episodes, like True Confessions in 1997 or Hearts and Souls in 1998, will later end up on TV Guide's list of the 100 greatest TV episodes of all time. It wins a total of 20 Emmy Awards before it ends in 2005. Franz Franz alone wins four as Best Actor. Along the way, it wins hearts and respect not just from viewers and critics, but from fellow producers and from real-life cops. It opens the doors to future genre-shifting dramas, from ER to The Sopranos to The Wire. It does change TV, as Bochco predicts. The producer dies in 2018 at age 74, having won 10 career Emmys. But it does so not so much for what it shows, but for what it reveals. It's just good TV. Race ipso loquitur, Stephen. The thing speaks for itself. You gotta believe. Hey, send us some questions and feedback and suggestions on Twitter. Use at Believe Podcasts for the handle. Check us out at Believe.com. That's also where you can get information on advertising on any Believe show. This one included. Find and download The Good, The Bad, and The TV on Apple, where you can subscribe and rate us, or on Spotify, where you can follow us. Also, just plain listen for a new drop each Thursday, every Thursday, on these sites or on Stitcher, Luminary, Google Play, TuneIn, or others. Be sure to like the show on your social media as well. I'm Jim McCairns. We'll talk again. (laughs)